This episode is brought to you by Pedro's Hair Observations. Hair today, gone tomorrow. Hey, welcome to the Trying Scotsman podcast episode three. Um, I've decided not to publish the the one that I recorded yesterday just because I listened back. I had Heather listen to it as well, and I, there was just no value to it. Like it, it was just basically me being low, uh, and it felt like me being low for the sake of being low. Uh, if I put it out, you know, like um, that, there's nothing to glean from that. There's nothing for me to to take from it, and I don't think there's anything from from you listeners uh, to take from it either apart from that's how it is and to talk about mental health I think it should be done in a way that's a bit more upbeat because it's synonymous with negativity um, and I don't want to perpetuate the stigma I guess um, I will be making references to things I talked about obviously you're going to be clueless but I'll try to fill in the gaps um, but I, I have been planning, or I had been planning on doing a, an episode on um, mental health because it is really important to me. It, it, it's something we all have, you know, we all have some form of mental illness. Um, everybody has mental health just as well as everybody has physical health, unless you're like, you know, some kind of um, uploaded sentience in a in a microchip or something like that. Um, but I guess the, the the kicking off point is probably uh, relating it to my journey um, and, and things that um, you can then kind of link to as well. And obviously, if you want to share your stories and thoughts and, and whatnot, by all means, you can do it privately. Um, if you'd like me to maybe mention something um, on a future episode, you can email me and just make it clear that you're happy enough for me to talk about it. Um, but I, one of the big things I mentioned was uh, self-diagnosis, which is a thing that it, it, it was a bit of a battle for me to wrap my head around the concept of that. Because in my mind initially, um, the way that came across to me was that it was like something a hypochondriac would do. You know, someone that is refusing to go and seek medical help and they're just happy enough to be like, you know. I, I tried to make the joke, but I think my mood yesterday kind of fucked it in the episode. Um, but like the typical thing, you go on Google, you type in a symptom, and then WebMD or whatever the fuck is like, oh, you've got a brain tumor. It's like, yay! Um, <laughs> that kind of self-diagnosis. Um, but, I mean, 
for you it might mean something different but my takeaway from it from from what i've kind of gone through and what i've looked into and stuff it seems like it, it's kind of like one of the first steps if not the first step in um getting the ball rolling with progressing with whatever's going on in your life um i think it's the the denial stage that you're overcoming because i think every one of us kind of likes to think that because we know how life is for us and we know how our brains work or we think we do um we have this sort of um virtual perception of things so that forms our normal um so we we immediately i think for the most part perceive us as normal like when i when i said before that when i was um diagnosed as borderline depressed I was of the mindset, I'm not depressed, I'm just a realist. I, I know what life is like. I can't sugarcoat it. My brain will not allow me to see it for anything more than the the grotesque nature of life itself, you know? Um, so getting past that is, is a key point. And obviously, for some people, that's the end of the journey. Self-diagnosis opens the door and they're able to to get whatever information from their peers and um you know looking stuff up online uh books audiobooks podcasts um and that gives them the tools that they need to basically get on with their life while dealing with what they're dealing with for others we need more than that for for me i think i need um actual diagnosis um because it may be that I'm wrong, that the tests I've done um, to gauge where I fall on the spectrum um, are maybe not quite... Because some of the questions, let's be honest, some of them are awkward as fuck. And I'm like, I don't know how... I, I, I have no strong feeling one way or the other how to answer this question. So for me, I think... A, a test like that can only be accurate if you're if you're drawn immediately to an answer and a lot of them I wasn't it was it was kind of looking at the two and weighing them up and I think for for the condition that I'm I guess being or trying to be diagnosed for and unless I'm way off the mark here I, I don't think it, that's just it you know because I think if if I was uh, purely ADHD, I think I would hyper-focus and I'd be like, right, it's definitely that, definitely that. Um, but because I'm stopping, it, like, it, it is literally stopping me in my tracks. I'm like, I don't really know uh, what I would do or choose or, you know. Um, and And so I did have, like, this sort of inner conflict, like, which one is the most likely that I would go for um so yeah I think for me it is important that um I I do seek further assistance with this because what I don't want to do is spend the rest of my life thinking one thing and then you know it, it then be too late by the time I I do get a, a thorough diagnosis and it's like well all along that this is what you've been dealing with and we could have you know uh medicated you or we could have done this we could have done that um you know we could have furnished you with these uh coping mechanisms and things and obviously the people around me like my my work my my friends my family um but 
I think that the big thing now is that more and more people are talking about it. Um, and that's good because it it's taken away the stigma. Like I think for for a lot of us, um, like a lot of people I've spoken to, there is that, and I I'm really bad for this, or I, I used to be, with self ableism, um, where I know I can do something, I know I should be able to do something, and I refuse to accept that I can't because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and part of that is, I guess, like my my environment. Like for a long time, I felt like I wasn't able to to be depressed, even though I was depressed. Um, you know, like I I felt like I I put additional strain on me because I was worried about what people thought, and so it it would devastate me more when it finally when when the the when the boot dropped the other boot dropped um it it would knock me for six because there was a long period where um i needed to sleep i i I just needed to hide away from the world and i wasn't able to really do that because when you've got kids and work and stuff like that you just can't um but i i guess i just wasn't firm enough in saying look i need some time to fix me um because of fear of how that would look it looked like i'm an attention seeker that you know um folk are going to be talking about me and i'm going to be judged and all this that and the other um and so eventually i did crash and i ended up taking months off work um and and a lot of that was down to what the mind did to my body. Like I went through this long period where I, I needed to get tests done to check for Crohn's and cancer and stuff like that. Um, and it turned out it was just stress, anxiety, depression that was just manifesting so hard physically that it proper fucked me up. Um... And that was a really difficult period of my life where I, I regret. I, I wish that I maybe had done more. Well, no, not maybe. I wish I had done more. Um, because that could have been months that I could have claimed back or just completely avoided. Um, and I, I guess that the main thing is you might feel like you don't have people there. and. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um condescend here because I, I am one of those people that, that feels exactly that. Like I can be in a room full of people and feel completely isolated. And I think a lot of us that's quite normal for us. It shouldn't be. That should never be normal. But it is, unfortunately. Um so because the other thing you've got is anxiety eats at you. Um, because normally anxiety accompanies all of this. Um, like I've said before that I, um, I can be anxious without being depressed, but I'm never depressed without being anxious. Um, because if depression's at the party, so is anxiety. They're the plus one. Uh, but anxiety likes to rock up alone. Um, and the, the big thing there is... 
your mind will play tricks on you. Your mind will twist and turn things. And sometimes it won't, but you get to this point where you can't tell the difference. You can't tell what, what's true. It's like when people, because I'm bad for this, where people, I, I question people's motives. So like when someone says, oh, I'm always here for you, you can message anytime, blah, blah, blah. Um, some people say that just because they can't think of anything to say. And so they throw this hollow gesture, assuming that you're never going to take them up. And I have done it. I, I have ended up taking people up on that offer. And sadly, 90, 95, maybe more percent, it was just a throwaway gesture. They never thought it, that you would take them up on it. And they made the situation worse because they, they offered you and then they shut you out. You know, they ghost you. Because they're like, fuck, I should never have said anything. Um, but that's not to say never do it. Um, it. It's just you learn. You, you, you start to realize to keep your circle small. Um, and I think if, if you don't get so wrapped up in your mind, if you try your best to, to focus and it is hard and don't let anyone tell you otherwise, because it is, and I know it is. Um, but in the, in the moments of clarity that you can get, look at the people, are they going through similar? Have they been through similar? Um, what are they like as an actual person? Like, are they reliable? Um, you know, you, ha you have to kind of evaluate the situation because there's a lot of people that you may call friends in life and they may call you friends in life, but in actual fact, they're more of an acquaintance or they're just hangers on because they have some motive. And, and that's the hardest part. And that's where the anxiety really takes hold is when it tells you their motive is like, they just want to, have you open up so they can go behind your back and tell so-and-so and, and all that shit. Um, so you have to try to judge characters well, which again is, is very difficult because for the most part you can't even judge yourself very, very well because your, your brain is fighting with you. You've got this internal struggle and that is draining enough as it is without having to worry about all these other external factors. Um, but you can pull through. You you know, there will be times you'll you'll lose the fight. Um, you'll be so drained from it that um you kinda retreat and you come back again another day. Um you know, there's been days where I literally felt like I can't go on living. Um that I shouldn't go on living. Um and those days now rarely happen. I think some days I do wake up and I, I occasionally have the, like an existential crisis. Like suddenly I'm reminded full whack that I'm, I'm such an insignificant speck in the grand scheme of things. Like why am I even here? What purpose do I serve? Um, and it does blow my mind a lot of the time. And then, like yesterday, for example, no idea why I felt the way I did. I, I had brain fog. I couldn't focus. Um, I was struggling to actually make a, a clear point. 
Um, and then I didn't have a good night's sleep last night either, but I think it must have been better than, than what I had yesterday because I'm able to focus a bit better. I've still got like this niggling headache kind of thing. It, it's weird to describe. It's kind of like at the back left side of, of my skull and it, it feels foggy and it, it, there's like a, an ache that pulsates every now and again. Um... But yesterday it was more like at the front of my head, um, kind of like it was in the driver's seat, whereas now it's more like a, maybe a backseat driver. Um, but it's important to try and understand you. It's important then to, to have other people understand you. Um, now... We're not all from the same backgrounds. We're not always going to have the same situations with friends and family where we can openly talk, uh, where we get on with them. Um, but one thing I have learned, where, where I normally would shut myself away from everyone, I try not to. I do still need to take me time. So if I do have a moment, shall we say, um... I will probably curl up in bed. I'll listen to some music um, or I'll just, you know, I'll have my earphones in, but I'm not listening to anything just to kind of maybe block out some, some sound around me. And eventually I will come to, if it's not too late in the day, I will come to. Obviously if it's late at night, I'll probably end up just going to sleep. Um, but I, I do, I have gotten better at clawing my way back out of it. Um, but that isn't an overnight thing. That isn't something you can just do. That is something that you need to learn. You need to find a way to do it. And and obviously not everybody's way is the same. Like like I said, I, I love normally shoving my earphones in, listening to music or a podcast or something, um, watching like Rick and Morty, something funny, you know, something. Because we, what I used to do was I would I would watch things that met the tone of how I felt. So like if I'm feeling super low, I will watch something that is like a fucking gut punch. Um like a common one when I was younger was the English patient. Um because the ending is is heart wrenching. Um and you know I would watch things that would make me feel worse. Really, they, they 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 wouldn't uplift me, and I guess that's part of like when Heather said about um what she thought about what I'd recorded yesterday. It took me back to that moment where I'm like, "What if you guys are down? What if this is contagious?" Because that's something she mentioned. She was like, it, "It's quite a contagious mood." Um, so she's probably um gonna need picking up later on, um. But you need to you need to come away from what your norm has become. You need to create a new normal for yourself. Um, the one thing, because I, I find this, especially being a Twitch streamer, I find this a lot. And there's ways and means of doing it. Um, but a common thing, and, and anyone that follows the, the Twitch side of things, Twitch, Twitter and stuff, um, trauma dumping in someone's chat 
So like my episode that I recorded yesterday, that could very well have been like the podcast equivalent of that. Because let's say, for example, you're like me, you've got your your episodes lined up that went live that day. So you've got like comedy, me, um, and I'm meant to be in the comedy category. Um, but like, that's you streaming, having a good time, or watching a stream, having a good time, and then boom, trauma dump. Um, you know, I, I've had people DM me, and I've had people, I've had people DM me, and they kind of, um, they just go straight in, and I'm like, whoa, wh- where, where did this come from? I didn't even realize we, we had that kind of relationship, and obviously, to just come straight in with that, it's like, um, okay, I mean, I'll, I'll try and help, but Jesus, I was just in the middle of eating my dinner. Do you know what I mean? Um, I've always got time for people, um, but there is an element of tact, and and again, that is something that's hard sometimes because when when things are so bad for you, I, I guess you kind of assume everybody else knows, like people that you know know because you're going through that every day. They see you every day, so surely they must know. Because um, I think there is that lack of self awareness that we go through. Um, but then there's also the the hyper awareness where you know I've told this one person something, so that means by default everybody should know because I've put it out into the universe kind of thing um and i I guess that's from learned behavior as well, like obviously, if you're used to people betraying your trust and you know you telling um one person something you you then expect your whole workplace to know. Um, and 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 again, that is something that's really hard to to overcome as well. Um, but I I think you have to choose your audience. You have to choose your time. Um, and that's not to say don't approach me. Like if if you feel that you can, then absolutely. Um, but the other thing you've got to bear in mind is the person that you're reaching out to, maybe having their own struggle. They they might have just um, like I call them relapses because um, that was a term that I only associated with um, drugs and alcohol. But it turns out that um, people that suffer depression can relapse as well. Um, so it took me a while to to start using that term, but there we go. Um, but for example, I'll use me as an example. I might have just overcome a relapse. And what I tend to do, um, and this is something that anyone that knows me knows I do, um, anyone that doesn't might be taken aback by it, but I, I, I talk about myself when people come to me with their situations. Now, I don't do it to hijack it. I don't do it to turn it around. I don't do it to make everything about me. I talk about myself because I, the way I am, I try to relate. What, what I think you're telling me to me. So if I can then come back with a reply that involves me and something I've gone through that is in the same keeping as what you've just told me, that's my way of proving I understand. You know, because I think words can be quite hollow where, you know, 
you're telling me you're unloading whatever has gone on and and i'm like yep mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i could be looking at my phone i could be um distracted you know depending on obviously the situation like say we were sat down having a coffee or whatever um i could be staring at the window just watching people passing by i'm just like mm -hmm, yep yep whereas i think if i come back at you with my own sort of anecdote kind of thing um I've listened. I've bought into what you're saying by by dredging up something from my past that that relates or ties in fully with what you're saying. Um, you know, so it's not like oh, I'm really sorry to hear about you, but listen to me now. Um, it's not that kind of situation. Um, so please don't ever ever see it that way because that's not how it, I intend it to come across. Apparently, this is something. Uh, people with ADHD do quite a lot is is do that so they can it helps them understand um and process the information that they're receiving um you know we're we're kind of putting ourselves in your shoes sort of thing um but you know there, there's always there's always help Sometimes, I like in the beginning, I, I used Mind. Like, Mind is a fantastic charity in the UK. Um, and I, I, I went to them after much internal and external protestation. Um, I don't even know if that's a word. Protest. Anyway. Um, and that, that was probably the best thing I did because initially i found talking to a stranger was much more beneficial than talking to someone i knew and the reason for that is that some people you know really well can be offended now that doesn't make them right that doesn't make you wrong just because they've taken offense to something and, and that's quite a, a, a heavy thing to understand you need to understand that. They need to understand that. Being offended is fine. Everybody has that right. But what can happen is they'll feel like it's a personal attack that you're feeling so unhappy with with something in your life, that you you're struggling because of something in your life, especially if you're opening up to a partner. I think that's one of the hardest things. Because they take that, because for the most part, you're one unit, you know, depending on your relationship, obviously. But for, the idea is you and them are one. Um, you know, it's you, you guys against the world. Um, so when you're struggling, they see that as like a failing, a misgiving in the relationship. Um but from what I've observed, what I've experienced myself and what I've seen others experience, it, it's more of a, like, you, by you opening up, you're telling, like, it, you're telling them, even though you're not, that they're a problem. And they don't like that. So opening up to a stranger is extremely beneficial there because you, pardon me, you've got someone so impartial, they've never met you before probably. Um, we've got no idea what you're like. You're just able to say what you need to say. And then, like, I had seven sessions with them. It's, like, 
Uh, I don't know if that's the same now. This was quite a, a number of years ago. Um, but seven sessions through a, a GP referral to mind. Um, and by this, by the sixth one, I felt like I was done. I felt like I'd gotten everything I could have gotten out of it. Um, you know, they they covered stuff like mindfulness, CBT, and stuff like that. Um, by the final one, I can't even remember that one. Um, I don't. I again, I think that I think realistically. Five or six sessions was enough for me. Um, I think I could have maybe had a referral to somewhere else after that, um, but I, I felt like I didn't. I didn't require it, and and part of me was like, I don't want to be an, um, you know, adding up to expenses of the NHS and whatnot. If I, I, I feel like if I'd carried on, I would just be wasting people's time and wasting people's money. And, and someone more deserving would have uh, benefited from it. Um, but yeah, it was it was that was one of the best things I ever did. But that was something I was pushed to do. Um, and sometimes we do need a push. Sometimes we don't. Um, sometimes giving us a push can can be counterintuitive. Um, it's just us learning, and the other people around us learning, and that. That is one of the, the toughest but most worthwhile things anybody can do is now people know, like, if I, if I was to just shove my earphones in uh, and, if like, say I'm wearing a hoodie or something, I chuck my hood up, she knows that I'm not in a place to... Disturb, I guess you could say. Um, that's my way. That's my way of signaling. Look, I'm I'm not in a good place right now, but I want to be left alone. Um, and I think if you can get these uh, these signals, if you can get some sort of uh, thing, like I I'm not a huggy person. Heather is, so it took her a long time to grasp that I deal with things very differently to her. I don't want a cuddle when I'm not feeling okay. I just want to be left alone. Um, I don't tend to cry. I, like, I'm not saying I don't cry, but I don't tend to cry. That's not my go-to. My go-to is I want to I wanna shut down. I want to block the world out and then try to recover myself through my thought process. Um, and sometimes it works. Sometimes... I do that and then it's like right but we'll have a cuddle <laughs> um it, it depends but um obviously I'll cuddle the cats I get my serotonin off the cats anytime um and to be fair the cats are amazing because normally when I am feeling quite low they know they sense it and they're around me and sometimes that's enough just to kind of you know um bring me back out of, of whatever darkness I was I was in. Um but I, I guess my, my main point is don't ever feel that you can't 
speak to someone. You know, there's there's telephone numbers out there. There's um, charities. There's support networks. Um, streaming for me has been a big thing. Um, I'm not saying take up streaming. Um, I'm just saying there are things, you know, um, because there are times where I'm struggling to hit start streaming. I'm struggling to hit that button on OBS. Um, and then I end up doing it. I push myself through that moment and I have the best time I've, I've had in a long time. Um, and then I crave it again. It was like when I uploaded the first couple episodes of the podcast. Well, not even uploaded. I recorded. And I was like, right, I'm, I've got the bug. I want to just keep doing this. Um, I've still not really formed the plan that I wanted to. I've, I, like, I've got ideas in my head about what I want to do. I want it to be structured. Kind of like, maybe more like a radio show kind of thing. Um, but then I, I think maybe that would only work with a co-host. Um, but I think for now it's just more getting into the habit of recording, getting something out. Um, you know the the initial sort of reception to this seems really good. Um, like in the first week, uh, almost two hundred downloads. We're on a week two now, um, and we're over two hundred downloads. Um, it's still not out on Google yet. They're, they seem to be dragging their heels. Um, I had an invite for some other podcast platform. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm assuming they just do that to anyone that's registered a podcast. So I'm not seeing myself as anything special. Um, but I do plan on, on doing this on the reg. Um, I want to do weekly episodes. If I can do more in between, then I, I absolutely will. It's just difficult, obviously, time-wise and energy-wise and stuff like that. Um, I do want to talk more about mental health, but I don't want the episodes to be too long. Um, this one, I, I, again, I'm not sure if this has gone the way that I would have wanted if, if I sat down like, right, this is the this is the path. But again, I talk from the heart I talk from me and my my experience and I, I think that's maybe more valuable than you know writing something down in the hopes of achieving something sometimes sometimes things happen uh, and there's no reason they just do um, and sometimes that's really good sometimes it's really bad um, but I think when like when if you open up and you talk about your experience to someone, you're not gonna formulate a fucking speech. You're just gonna unleash. You're gonna let out everything as it occurs to your brain, and that's pretty much how I am on a day to day basis. Um, I have all these thoughts flying around. I've I've said it before, and I'll always say it because it's how it fucking is. It's like high speed traffic, just you know, like fifth element style fucking floaty cars buzzing past. Um, each one is thoughts uh, as passengers and my brain has to try to snatch one out of the air to then relay to the mouth and sometimes that works really well and you get some 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 golden nuggets of truth um, and poignancy and then other times it's just like a mess because um, I saw a friend actually posted um, a meme 
um where like you go to say i always but then you end up saying i salsa or something like that um and i get like that because like my my brain works so fast but my mouth doesn't um which is quite funny because i talk a lot um but the words don't always come out in um a comprehensible form <laughs> um they're just a, a garbled mess but hopefully podcasting more will um will help that if it doesn't it just means this is how i was meant to be and that's that um but no back on a serious note everybody has mental health everybody there's people it's like it's like these people out there that think pronouns are just like a fucking millennial thing pronouns have been around since fucking language was around pretty much um everybody has pronouns it's just People seem to think like it's a woke thing. I fucking hate that term, woke. Um, but they they seem to think that's like a newfangled thing. It's like no, it's not. You were you were he or she before. It's just there's more pronouns now. Or actually, the the technically isn't more pronouns really. It's just that there's more pronouns in use in regards to humans. Um, like some words have been reclaimed or or um, reassigned. Um, those the same pronouns were always there, um, but it's the same with mental health. You hear the term mental health, most people will think that that means there's an issue, but everybody has mental health. It just seems only time people talk about it is when it's bad. But I think. For for those of us that do have mental health issues, it is important that we talk about our mental health when it's bad, but we also celebrate it when it's good. Um, like I was listening to the Ralph report the other day, and he he um during like the Eddie Draws uh segment, and he was saying like on the days where we're not in pain, we should we we should make a a point of that, like a you know. Be glad, be thankful that today we are pain free. Like my knees hurt, my back hurts pretty much all the time, probably from all the fucking sitting around. Um, but we don't do a good enough job of cashing in on the fact. Do you know what? Today I am in no pain, so let's make the fucking most of it because we find something else to moan about, and and we all do it. We all do it, unless you're like some fucking Joe Wicks prick or something like that. Um, but but we all. We all find, like, that's fine, so we won't talk about that. Wait a minute, I've got this going on in my life. Like, you know, instead of being like, right, well, I'm I'm in no pain today. I'm feeling fantastic. It's like, oh, fuck's sake, energy prices are on the rise. Cost of living is on the rise. We always find something to to be negative about. And I think that's human nature, sadly. But I think if, if we can sort of turn that on its head, and if we can you know instead of it just being like a tick in a diary to indicate today was a better day um instead of it being a smiley face like if if you have a coded diary so it's just only you understand it or something um that it needs to be more than that even if you just write down some words like i'm having a brilliant day today my head is in the best place because that's something when you're having a bad day you can flick back to and you can try to picture or you can try to remember what happened on that day that turned it around you know was it spending time with your kids was it going out for a walk was it you know 
uh, reconnecting with a friend? Is it something you could do again now at that point where you realize you're not having a good time and nip it in the bud before it becomes an ongoing problem? Because from my experience anyway, and I think it's true for a lot of us, I'm not going to say everybody, but one bad day can quickly turn into two bad days. And then that exponentially turns into three, four. And then before you know it, a week has passed where you've been in this rut. And if you can take yourself back to a moment, kind of like in the butterfly effect, you just kind of cast your mind back and, and you you change your surroundings. Um, it's worth a shot, right? Anyway, um, I will catch you on the next episode. I am so I've been I've been dying to say this, and it's probably not going to land as well as I would have because it's taken so fucking long. But I'm trying to do podcast episodes to eventually go out every Tuesday, so I can say, "See you next Tuesday." <laughs>